What's up, Circle Up? I'm gonna pull the rug out from under you. I know how much you love episodes with Jonathan in them, <laughs> but uh, this one does not include me. Earlier this year, about June, July, we recorded a bunch of episodes called The Well Diggers. And it was a, a series to highlight the men that have dug the well so that Circle Up could exist. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. And the two men you're gonna hear from are well-respected in this space. The biggest takeaways are about why be part of men's teams? What are the benefits of masculine relationships, right? These men have a collective two decades of experience in this space, in this circle, and they would not continue to come back after all this time if they weren't getting value. And not only did they just come back and participate, but they stepped up over and over and over again and used this space, right? The brotherhood, circle up, this community to become leaders themselves and embody leadership themselves. And so just thrilled to present to you two leaders that have made circle up possible, made circle up what it is today. Um, you know, if you're interested in learning how to be a good father for your sons, and for your daughters, how to be a good leader for your teams, and the difference between showing up with your ego and wanting to be liked and wanting to look good versus actually having a purpose and serving. And my biggest takeaway personally was this concept of commitment where I had, I had to learn this really the hard way because I've, I've learned about and thought about intellectualized commitment for the last couple of years being part of these circles. But it wasn't until recently where I realized uh, if you stick around to the end, you're gonna get this lesson for real, for real, that people think having a lot of choices means freedom. If you have a lot of options, you're, you're free. And I found out the hard way that that's not true. True freedom is in commitment. It's in willingly sacrificing everything else because this is what I truly want. This is what I truly need. This is what I'm truly committed to. And that shines through in this episode. I know y'all are gonna love it, so I just wanna make one big mad shout out to the team who made this possible. Boodlaw, Craig, I love you men. I appreciate you men. Thanks for making this possible, and I will see you on the other side. <laughs> Am I the only one feeling like a fish out of water here? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. let's start with a little bit about who each of us is. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So I can start. My name is Boudlal, son of Lionel. Um, and I grew up in Trinidad, came to Toronto when I was 19. Um, my background's in psychology. I work in the field of autism. And I did my weekend December 2009. And the reason I did my weekend was a man called Stossel, who I met in my first week here. We uh, came to school together at UFT Scarborough. Um, had a lot of fun and a lot of shenanigans going through school. And we went down to the States to do a weekend retreat with David Deeda. He met a man there who told him about the weekend. He went down and did the weekend came back and he was telling me about it for about two years, I think, before I finally, I was like talking to a woman that I was dating at the time. I was 28 and she was 44. I'm having dinner and she says to me, you know what's missing in marriages these days is missing. I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, 
Well, back in the tribal days, men would go out with men to hunt, and they would be with men, and women would be with women in the village. And they'd have that time apart so that they could miss each other. And then so when they came back together, right, it accentuated the connection between them. And I was like, that's the same thing Stossel's been telling me for two years. <laughs> so I just called him right up. I was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> it took a woman to get you there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, since then, so 2009, it's been a while. Seen lots of growth. Um, been through a lot of difficult times and leaned on my men to help me get through it. Like the passing of my mother was a huge one. Um, and today, looking towards you know developing a long-term relationship with a woman, and and how do I go about that in a pragmatic and, and a sound way so that I can actually build something that's solid. You know, had a lot of fun. Now I want something for you know the remaining decades. Uh, I'm Mike Craig, and I uh, I taught um, an outdoor experiential high school for about 17 years. Um, and now I'm an Airbnb host and living in Guelph. And um, I did my men's weekend in April 2013. And I'd say for me, it was a, um, it was a real rite of passage for me. Um, I, I lived in doubt a lot and took a long time to make decisions. And there was something about that experience that transformed um, how I showed up, I, you know, and it transformed how I showed up in all the areas. Like, um, I just started to see myself differently. I was more clear and decisive. Uh, and my wife, I remember, you know, her softening. I showed up as a clear, powerful, respectful man, and she was able to show up as a powerful woman, um, but it kind of balanced things uh, for me. Um, and now as a father of three kids, um, I, I just so appreciate being able to go to my men's circle and celebrate things that are going well and also bring you know the shit that i need to sort through and either sometimes it's just venting it out in the circle around the fire uh, sometimes it's being inspected um, to see things i i can't quite see um, but that's what i really value is uh, is coming back from my men's fire better than when i arrived and I don't have to process things with my wife. I can come back, show up, having sorted it out, and then be with her um, and be a husband with her. Um, that's that's the beautiful thing for me. That's awesome. It, um, it, it resonates with me because a big part of, of what this work represents for me is the opportunity to be in masculine relationships with men. So before my weekend, I had no idea what that was, right? Um, and even after my weekend, being on teams and so on, it took a while. But where I'm at now and from the, the vantage point of, that I have now of 
using those tools, having my men and really applying it in my life. It's just worlds apart between having my men and being able to talk, you know, mask down, be vulnerable, call each other on our bullshit, right? And just see truth quickly and focused on, you know, what we're, what we're about, what we're doing, what we're creating together compared to hanging out with my buddies and, you know, just shooting the shit and drinking or whatever. And that for me is why I've been around this way for so long. That for me is huge. Yeah. Can you um, be specific with like, what's a personal example where that's showing up? A personal example of that showing up. So for example, with myself, um, with regards to school and where I want to go in my life, right? And turning 40 and really taking stock of where I'm at financially, that's been a huge, for some reason, it's just always been a, a pebble in my shoe. I can't seem to get my a handle on my financial game. And then men really calling me out on that, right? Um, and being able to see that, oh, okay. The reason my finances are the way they are is because I don't actually exercise strong disciplines around it, right? Like I'll track what I spend. I know what I bring in, but that's about it, right? Um, and even that in and of itself for a while, I was like, bullshitting myself and being like oh yeah, yeah i track everything that i spend and and then i was like what are you doing with that data nothing right like how are you creating more income right what are you doing what am i actually doing and there's, there's nothing right i would spend a lot of money on alcohol when i actually started tracking i realized how much money i was spending on alcohol and realized why i was living in debt constantly and now with another one, um, if you want to drill down a little bit deeper as well, is my relationship with alcohol. Right, growing up in Trinidad, I started drinking when I was sixteen, and you know, heavy, the heavy drinking culture. Right, we pride ourselves on being able to drink people under the table, and just not really recognizing how much that was holding me back in my life, um, how much it was damaging relationships in my life. Um, and my finances, essentially, too, not to mention my health. So that that's another example where men held me to the fire and helped me make, well, I made the change. However, it was because of these men really having my back. And I knew when I stood stand in that circle, they're there to serve me and, and see me win. And me giving my word to them was the catalyst almost because it's easy for me to break my word to myself mm. right mm -hmm. but being in, again coming back to that masculine relationship right and maintaining my honor here gives me that boost to push harder right in terms of in keeping my word to myself essentially and doing what i say i'm gonna do mm -hmm. yeah that's been one of the biggest things i think for me in terms of my transformation it's living for more than myself right not being 
driven by my own gratification. You know, oh, I'll, I don't like to wake up early, so fuck it, I'm just gonna sleep in. Screw these guys having a six o'clock call in the morning. Right? Like, and like when I when I got that, I was like, oh, okay. There's, there's even more here yeah 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 for me um it's like there's there's something that's difficult to put into words that happens at a men's fire for me that i leave and something has changed mm-hmm. and um i think some of it is is literally being near a fire um and then some of it is being with men in that environment, like sometimes it doesn't matter <laughs> like mm-hmm. what we talk about, but there's something that gets created in that circle that is rejuvenating for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and fuck, it didn't used to be. I used to fear men, avoid them. All my friends were women and that was awesome, but I was missing, I knew I was missing something mm-hmm. and I certainly didn't get rejuvenated by men ever (laughs) and um and so there's something that happens just physically by creating that space around the fire that i leave empowered Mm -hmm. um and then the other piece that you're talking about is the accountability like a recent example for me is we're building this uh, community sauna in our backyard okay and so without the circle and me speaking it out loud it would take a long fucking time for me to make this happen like i'm just Mm -hmm. i tend to i do things slowly methodically on my own um but it would have taken years (laughs) and the fact that i spoke it out loud that this is something you know i actually put it as a result in my um in my tour as something to accomplish, I expressed it publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it even that had a huge impact because it, it just was outside my head. And then I'm talking with my buddy every week, I'm using that to move it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually had to roll that result over to the next tour because I didn't get it accomplished. But I, I moved it really far. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's happening. Like there's a contractor here today building the thing. It's really fucking exciting. Yeah. Um, and it's moving at a really fast pace. And now my challenge is how to pay for it because I don't have a, I don't have that worked out yet. And okay. so in my last men's meeting, I agreed to speak to th- at least three men um, in the next two weeks before our next meeting about ideas for paying for it. You know, it's a community sauna. Is there a membership structure? Is there a way for people to prepay and then have credit to use it? Like, you know, all these ideas, I don't know how to do this yet. Mm -hmm. And already because I put it out in the circle, I'm already starting to get ideas from men. Like, what about this? Oh, here's a link to something. Mm-hmm. And already it's starting to form how we're going to do that. And I could not have figured that out on my own mm-hmm. or it would have taken a long, long time. 
Um, so for me, it's like about saying what really matters to me out loud and then using the men in the circle to keep me in check about what's important to me and getting it handled. Mm -hmm. Thing that came up for me when you were talking there, and this has been really present since last year when we had to pivot with um, the pandemic and we couldn't meet in person and so on. And there was this initial response to such a you know a drastic situation where people are like oh no well what do i do i can't do these things again and it's easy to fall into that victim mode and what i found and especially stepping into leadership at that time like shortly before that my context shifted into okay we're in creative mode now we can't do the things the way we always did them so how do we capture that essence and in a new way, in a new form? And that's one of the things that I, I've really begun to take from this work. It's like, okay, I'm not going to sit back and be a victim of my circumstances, right? I'm gonna declare like you, like you did, you declare what you want in your life and then go about the creative process of figuring out how to do it and how to make that happen. Right. So for me, that's been that's been coming up a lot. Lately. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, like a strong context. There is this idea of a men's circle as a vehicle mm -hmm. to be used. Like you either use the vehicle to serve what it, you're up to, or you don't, mm -hmm. <laughs> or you kind of you're a passenger. Like you're either like driving the vehicle and using it to and and that's the hard part because you actually need to like you said you need to be responsible you need to think about well what are the important things and then then you need to actually advocate for making those things happen um mm -hmm. or you can sit back and be a passenger but then you know you get out what you put in and you could easily see how you know, you might not get much out and then it would just kind of prove that it doesn't work, right? Yeah, and and I think, because I've seen, definitely seen that I've been there myself. Um, and I think what it's, what it boils down to for me is the level of trust amongst the men in the team. So a man, who trusts his men who's found men that he can actually trust and who's willing to put make himself vulnerable is willing is more willing to i guess so a man who has found his men and is able to, and has and trusts his men to have his back is more willing to lower his mask and be vulnerable with those men and say like hey i've got this big hairy audacious goal I don't know how to do it or hey this huge woolly mammoth is taking me down in my life I don't know how to deal with it and that's I think that initial like you were talking about earlier about like that that you can't put your finger on it that that's something that you get out of a circle I think when when people and particularly men with men allow themselves to to be seen 
that way, you know, just, just there, you know, and hey, I don't know what the fuck is going on, right? Or, hey, I want to do this and I don't know how, but I'm going to figure it out. That I think is what it's, it's, it's almost like, um, I want to say like a nucleus of, of energy, right? Like that, that creates a transformation in the way that people relate to each other. And that for me is like that. It's funny, I, in my, I'm studying counseling psychology and particularly interested in psychodrama because I'm also an actor. And the guy that developed psychodrama, he calls it telly. It's this underlying energy between people right, that, that dictates group dynamics, right, and so I think when men create that sacred space within a circle, and they allow themselves to be vulnerable with each other, and have that trust, because not, that doesn't happen without that trust, then men are more engaged, it, it pulls you in almost, right, if that doesn't exist on the team, then I think it's more likely, okay, men will just hang out, you know, be that passenger because it doesn't have that gravitas, right? Well, that's the interesting, you said the word sacred. It's like um, sometimes at the end of a meeting, there is like a magic that got created mm -hmm. and you can tell because no one's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just standing around because they don't want to leave the magic, right? Yeah. Like there's something that got created. Like I often joke that we should just put in as a, just you have one result for a meeting, you know, do the men stick around after, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how you gauge it. The quality yeah. Cause meeting. because there's something that can get created there. And you know, it's, it's like, there's something spirituals. It's an odd word to use, but it it's like in that some other realm and it's beyond language. It's an experience of something. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It's that, capacity to create ritual and vulnerability that that ability to really drop your mask and say what's actually going on for you and if mm -hmm. if one man role models it i find it can just suddenly set the context and the whole teams inside that um and it's that's an interesting question actually is like what are the ingredients that create that magic mm -hmm you know, that sacred space in which that occurs. Otherwise, you're shooting your shit with your guy friends, which is also great. Like I do that a lot. I really like that too. Yeah, it's but it's a very distinct um, activity. They're, they're quite different. Mm -hmm. So you asked about the, um, the ingredients. And when you when you brought up the men stick around, I don't know what you found. Tell me, but in my experience, those are the meetings where sometimes it can get pretty fucking chaotic, and like men are like really in it, and you can even have like egos flaring, and then men fucking work it out and they grind it out because they're committed to team, right? And in that working it that out because they're committed to that higher purpose of team rather than individual 
that's where I think one of the ingredients, like that commitment to team, I think is one of the ingredients. Or else, man, just get in their egos and then like fuck you, fuck you, and and it doesn't happen, right? And I remember, yeah, I actually remember early on when I was starting this, talking to Stossel about Mm. what are the ingredients. It was of a good call or a good meeting, and one of the things that stuck out for me was some chaos some friction some like the pearl in the oyster rubbing against like not like necessarily the whole meeting is disorganized and out of control but some messiness because when you get the messiness there's something real about it and men are engaged and they're bouncing up against something sometimes it can be so perfectly planned that it's flat without some a little bit of uh sandpaper in there you know mm-hmm. that stirs it up a bit of grit yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you also mentioned the masculine relationships i just thought it'd be good to connect with those tenets those pillars of masculine relationships we've talked about honor mm-hmm. trust and trust loyalty commitment and respect yeah yeah and and again it's like we can have our differences we don't have to see eye to eye however we can maintain respect for each other right um the honor part doing what i said i was going to (laughs) do right um and then again that trust knowing that hey even though whatever this man is bringing to me even though i might not like hearing it and especially when i don't like hearing it i can trust that it's coming from a place of service right because that man wants to see me win in my life i think like that commitment to another man's success I think it's one of the, the the golden things that we have here that that is very rare in in the way men relate to each other outside, unless you maybe like close family or you're working together with your business partner, right? Like it does it, exist. Do you have a do you have an example of that that you've experienced? Um, let me think. So I guess it would be. When I was when I was tribe leader, I, mean, I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. Right? I actually avoided that role for the longest time, and it just kept coming back and coming back and coming back. Um, and came into it, wanted to look good, wanted to leave a huge legacy, you know, um, and then three months in it's like okay this whole thing feels really wobbly like i don't feel you know sure on my feet at all and i I opened up myself to inspection from my second and my s1 at the time and they they really like they laid it out like they kept asking me those questions those hard questions of like you know okay so why why is this such a priority for you what is it like and what it came down to was like i want to look good Right. And then once I was able to let that go, 
men like it just started to flow the captains were on board we came up with a, a vision of like hey men need to figure out what their terms are and know know who they are as men we tried that and it like the whole tribe got engaged right um and then you were with me with the inspection training in january right like that whole thing was about raising our, our our competence of serving one another expanding that care and concern right so how we engage in the conversations right so that was another thing because i told spellman i told uh i think by maris was in the captain's training i told you Stossel, i mentioned it to him i just called you man up and boom you were there <laughs> Right, and that thing just flew. Right, I had created the content, and then you men came in. And you just took it, boom! It, the whole thing just blossomed into, you know, something that was fantastic that, that we had never had before. Again, creative, right? Creating something to fill a need, right? Instead of being like, "Oh well, this sucks," hmm. and men just really having my back because they're like, "Yeah, Budla, we believe in that vision. Hmm. Got you." And it just, yeah, it took off. Something I'm getting from listening to you is that I'm doing the looking good thing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, as because I'm, a, you know, I've gone through being different roles on a team, you know, being a captain and then being tribe lead. And I'm a man on a team now. And I, 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 Feel like i gotta get some duct tape <laughs> you know because like i but I, it's about what you said about you know originally when before i went to my men's weekend hodges and i declared we are going to create a men's team and we had no fucking clue how we were going to do that and it started out with just three of us sipping tea together and wondering <laughs> who we're going to let in next, you know, and, and we just had no clue, but we knew something was missing. Yeah. And, and so I had this like vision of creating a team. Um, and, and now it's like, you know, a tribe locally. Um, mm -hmm. And, but I think what I do now as a man on a team is if I sense any, any um anything not working i fucking go in and try to fix it mm. right like i i go in and or if there's a man struggling i inspect him or i like i and i think it's like that it's it's just reminding me what you're saying but it's like i'm not really willing to let men just like be with their fuck ups and allow other men on the team to contribute <laughs> Mm -hmm. right it's like a letting go for me that's fucking good like i i just letting go and allowing men to contribute and allowing it to be a bit messy mm -hmm. you know and that being okay in fact that it's probably way better than me always fixing it or trying to mm -hmm. trying to to solve it right because it mm -hmm. doesn't allow for the healthy flourishing of a team where each man struggles and contributes and kind of works it out um mm -hmm. 
what that brings up for me is um when we were on production the last time and i was like what's the difference between being of service and helping yeah and when that when that guy threw his cell phone i was like oh leave it i'll pick it up oh i was like okay i deprived him of the lesson that he that he might have come to the weekend for right if he if i had just been done my role and just been more off service rather than trying to be helpful yeah yeah that's actually really good i'm i am being very helpful (laughs) that's great to get that difference actually and that's that's the other thing too i mean like so Men come, men go, and, and you know everyone finds their path. For me, I found like you know I, I I've been around circles for pretty much a decade now, um, and still, like there's parts of my weekend that are just beginning to unfold for me. Right, it's, there's always something in terms of my journey and my, my growth, right, to being that man that I always wanted to be. So it's it's always relevant to me. Right? Yeah, so what's, um, you, you just spoke earlier about this question for you of like fatherhood. Mm. So what's, what's showing up for you right now around that decision? Is that I, gonna have to have a lot more discipline than I exercise right now in terms of taking care of a, a, a little person who is completely vulnerable right um, but even before that finding the right woman <laughs> to like you know have a child with and even before that making sure that I'm you know, ready and properly qualified in order to survive a long-term relationship, essentially. Um, I've had a lot of fun and I've usually lived to, like, you know, my desires. Um, But coming out of my last relationship where it was definitely, like, started off, like, buddies and then got hooked in and i was like oh could this be like this could probably be and then just getting rolled into that and then realizing that i was just ignoring so many red flags (laughs) but what i got out of that relationship though was she was literally the first woman that i've ever thought of in my life of like had the thought of i could have babies with this chick and she was like 39 and she was on a mission i was just dawning on me i was like "Ah, not not ready yet but coming out of it because who i was you know like as a you know i wouldn't call myself a player but i was definitely a stallion mode right just sowing my wild oats compared to what she was looking for in terms of like the stability of a father and like the dependability of a father, um, you know, it, after in hindsight, 
it hit me. I was like, oh, okay. If I want to be a father, like that's gonna take a lot more like focus, or like really do right by a child. So that's what's coming up for me. It's it's really you know where do I want to focus my energy? Do I want to chase the tail all the time and it's fun and it's great, but it just ends up in the same place anyway. It's just ends up being hollow after a while. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I've definitely shifted focus with that regard over the past, I guess, like two years now since that relationship ended. Um, and the way that I, you know, what I look for in a woman is very different. You know, I'm very clear on certain qualities that I want, you know, the mother of my children to be able to teach my children or in terms of the lifestyle. Um, my finances so really taking the reins on that you know um because yeah it was interesting a man i reached out for help again from another man who's done he's quite done quite well he's very successful financially and he he said um what he wants to teach men is how to be financially independent he's like boom sign me up (laughs) (laughs) it was an opportunity to to again take the reins and, and really what I realized was, yeah, I'm not being clear in terms of what my goals are. I'm not being disciplined about going about putting down those steps to create to create that future that I want. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I get the being qualified. I didn't know that at the time when I met my now wife. Mm. Um, and I, I had been in a series of short-term relationships, not knowing that I was learning a lot yeah. and that that was the point. Um, yeah. But I, I also remember when we had our first child, mm. that it's like a chicken and egg thing, right? It's like suddenly I got a lot more discipline. <laughs> right. Like, you know, like, it, you know, so I get finding a compatible woman and being qualified and yet there's something about actually having a child that they then become your teacher because mm. you just can't get away with shit when you're up all night or you're or whatever they fucking need you are making happen so it starts to form and mold you in a way that you can't get away with shit that you can on your own so okay. it's an interesting like kind of the buddha they become your little buddha and then the next, like we, we, I have three and the next one, I thought, you know, I'd figured it all out. I was like, I, I've had one child already. And um, she was so different. <laughs> like, um, and I remember um, when we had my son, my, our third child, I had found this uh, technique of bouncing on an exercise ball. So you'd hold the baby and just sit on the ball and bounce. And it, it soothed. It was like, it was like without having breasts to breastfeed, it was my go-to fatherhood solution for crying baby. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, uh, I held river and I'm like, I've had two kids already. I got this. And um, they both really liked the, the bouncing. Yeah. Start bouncing with him. It's like two in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, honey, it's okay. I got this doesn't fucking work yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like the bouncing <laughs> like 
What the fuck, the man? I that's my that's all the only thing I got. Like, <laughs> I'm like, honey, he needs your boobs. <laughs> uh, but there's just that, and then I learned again, right? Like, um, you know, thinking I had it figured out, and then having to learn again with a new being, a new personality, you know. Right. And now they're at like. 9 11 13 and it's a whole different stage they're independent they're curious their own personalities are really like coming out they're they're so different um and so now for me it's like how do i be a really good father because they're at the forming stage of who they are in the world you know and how do i model like that that idea that we you know for our daughters that we are the man that they will marry so mm -hmm. pay attention to who i am as a father that's just yeah. a fucking interesting question like mm -hmm. you know when i have a beer how does that impact how they are kind of forming the man that they're going to marry mm -hmm. and um when i make certain decisions when i relate with them or speak with them in a certain way when I fuck it up and then apologize to them, um, that also is a kind of modeling, right? And then for my son, like, you know, just that whole, you know, notion of making life difficult so that he's prepared for life. Like, that's a fucking interesting challenge. Yeah. And it's not natural to me. I want to kind of help him and make it easier. Mm -hmm. So it's like a practice for me to, I'm just realizing that as we're speaking about it again, to, to remember, to allow him to struggle, you know, <laughs> like, just like the men on your team. Yeah. <laughs> everything, everything, everything. <laughs> oh, damn. That's good. And, and let me tell you, like coming from a family where my dad, like just made everything easy. It does not serve a boy <laughs> later on in life. It does not. Uh, so you're still in fuck you with your dad? <laughs> no, I'm not in fuck you, but I'm like, I'm like, I look back on it and I was like, oh yeah, you spoiled fucking brat. <laughs> Go out there and make it happen. Go fucking work. Yeah. Go get it done. Well, I noticed it when I'm, I, playing basketball with river and um i just i just don't let him win <laughs> <laughs> and like it's like 20 to 3 and i'm like he said you're going down hard. man hard. it's a crush his soul and his spirit <laughs> uh, well i'm trying to find the line <laughs> it's probably like 2010 or something. <laughs> uh, no. No, no, I'm not giving up, man. <laughs> it's like, you haven't even broken the ice yet. River, uh, come on. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, uh, should, we, should we have some closing thoughts? I think that's fucking pretty great. Mm-hmm. What would you, um, if you were to, 
If there is some gold that you would say to close this out, that would be a value. What would you what would you leave with? Um, for me, it comes back down to masculine relationships, like being able to engage with men in a in a way that allows me to just be me. You know, fuck ups and all, successes, and know that men have my back. Like for me, that's that's the crux of it. Like that's really what it boils down to, um, because that's liberating, man. It's just liberating. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna like piggyback off that. I think one of the I used to. My girlfriend was my best friend, mm. and I used to just talk everything through with her. And I just thought, well, what else would you do? Like, that's, that's your partner. That's what, that's how you do that. Mm. And I never, I, and my wife and I talk a lot now. We talk about lots of things. It's fucking amazing. We could go on a 10 hour road trip, talk the whole time. So it's not about not talking or not being in in communication with her. Mm -hmm. But what I'm really getting is, is the things that, aren't a value to talk with her. And mm. I'm learning that the hard way sometimes where I'm like, okay, that thing that I just brought up, that do not do that again. <laughs> you know, bring that to my men. And so, and I'm learning, right? Like what are the things that they just don't contribute to the third entity. They don't contribute mm. to the relationship. There is no value in me having talked about that with her. Mm -hmm. And yet I need to talk about it. And yeah. so that's the piece I got to bring to my men. And I could call someone up right away or bring it to the fire or bring it to my buddy call. Mm -hmm. But just the distinction between what are the kinds of things that, that to bring to my men, sort it out and come back having cleared it and then be a husband. She fucking mm -hmm. loves that. And she, I mean, she asked me like, go fucking sort that out and come back. Like yeah. I, you know, I don't need to process that with you, you know? Yeah. So I think that's great. Cause it's not, it's not really natural for us to think that way. Mm -hmm. um, and yet it's such an important difference if we can sort out, well, what are we speaking with our wives about or our partners and what can we bring to our men that's mm -hmm. confidential that we can, I can get out, get some feedback on, hash it out and and then get clear and then be in action around it and then go and have fun with my wife mm -hmm. <laughs> you know those two realms i'm getting a lot more clear on and it's that that makes a huge fucking difference in in my well-being just mm -hmm. my joy in my marriage yeah and and so it's interesting that you say that in terms of um knowing what to talk about with her for me on this end as a single man and seeing how i interact with women <clears throat> what i'm learning about myself is learning when to stop fucking talking and just listen and not try to solve the problem right because i was like i didn't even realize how much i was doing it right um 
and I have a neighbor who's from Iran. She's 25. She just came over and um, she's having a bit of a hard time because, you know, pandemic and everything. She hasn't been able to get out and create a social circle. Her whole family's there. And, and so she'll come and tell me something. And immediately I've got the solution. And well, you need to do this and do that and think about it from this perspective. And yeah, I've, I've been down that road. And she'll just look at me and like, just like shake her head. And it wasn't until after a, a while, she was like, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to hear it. <laughs> like, fuck, stop trying. Like, it, I, I just need to cry. And I'm like, uh, so that, that in and of itself too, right? So it just listening. So learning to be a, a better listener. But then also realizing that I'm like, well, I don't want to have to deal with you when you're like crying and shit. Like, and I actually introduced her to some of the women and she's actually created some friendships there. And I'm like, yeah, that's like, we'll deal with that with your woman. Like, <laughs> I don't want to have to like process that with you, right? Like, and that I think is the, the differences between men and women and really understanding those things. And then, like you said, when men and women understand that and they're able to apply that and, and accept those differences about each other and find the more appropriate avenues to fill those needs that we can't fill for each other, right? Then, like you said, it allows that 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 space for you to be with each other and you do come back together and, and enjoy your relationship more fully and more deeply, right? Because you, you're not chucking your shit on each other and expecting each other to to understand fucking Greek. Literally, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, I, that. the last thing I'll say is just um, that my relationship with commitment, like just yeah. what I'm hearing from what you're saying, it just reminds me of that that has completely flipped for me and it's yeah. changed everything. Because I I was living very much in that myth that having a lot of choice is freedom. And I flipped that with in my marriage um, and it changed, it just changed everything. Because I, inside of that, like I am fully fucking committed. And inside of that commitment, it's just so fucking rich. There's so much depth to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not easy all the time like we sort through stuff but there's a like i'm with her for the rest of my life i'm mm-hmm. fucking clear yeah. it's like it's such a remarkable adventure that i'm standing in i'm so excited about spending every day with her yeah you know and how fucking great is that and that is like fucking revolution from where I was when I got married (laughs) that I, you know, I really thought of it as a, um, a sentence, you know, Mm. and um, it is like, just, it's just the context has flipped and I just, I'm so thankful for that. Um, Mm -hmm. Deeply appreciative. And that's from, that's coming out of the men's work that, that, that occurred. Mm -hmm. And that's a fifth pillar in the masculine relationship commitment. Nice. Honor, trust, loyalty, commitment, and respect. All right, man. That was great.
Yeah, it was a good chat, bro. That was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. We always have good, uh, good uh, conversation. Discourse. It was good to, yeah, get mm -hmm. stuff along the way too. Like, to, that was, mm -hmm. uh, that's fucking huge for me. Just getting how I interact with the men on my team. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, uh, that bit about you know, just the chat about fatherhood and and you know, yeah, it's, I've been talking to other men as well who are fathers, you know, getting their two cents, and I'm still undecided. I still would cut that principle stuff. Now. I <laughs> highly endorse it. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it is just a fucking awesome ride, man. Yeah. I'll take your word and um you're a man that I trust. So that means a lot. Mm. Just wait till you smell that baby's head, you it's never going to <laughs> never going back. <laughs> Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another fantastic episode of the Circle Up podcast. We want to know, what's your biggest takeaway? We want to know what ideas are you going to take and implement in your life? So if you like the show and you want to share some ideas with us, you can reach us on Instagram at Project Circle Up. You can check out our website at circleupmen.ca. And if you like the show, like I said, like it. Subscribe, share it with a friend, share it with a man you love where you feel like one of the ideas or one of the stories that Craig or Boudlaw shared would make an impact in their life. Thank you, Boudlaw. Thank you, Craig, for doing this. Love you, men. You're positive role models in my life, positive role models in the lives of the men in Circle Up and in the brotherhood. And like I said, y'all are the well diggers. This wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for you. So thank you for the service. Thank you for your leadership. And last but not least, if you're interested in participating in a men's circle, you want to check out Circle Up for yourself, or you know a man in your life that could really benefit or add a lot of value to our community, right? They're paying, playing a big game in their life. They're committed in their life. They're taking action in their life. Those are the types of men that we're looking for in this community to help raise our game, raise our standards. Then connect with us, like I said, at Project Circle Up on Instagram. I'm on Instagram as well, at Jonathan F. Andrews. And then you can register for the program or look for the next information session where you can basically just hang with us for a few hours, see what it's like to be in a men's circle because we're gonna do a men's circle. And then if you like it, come hang with us. Right? If you like it, let's kick it. Let's make a difference. Let's serve. Let's find our purposes. Take action on it. Learn, grow, lead. Fuck up a lot. And then learn, grow, and lead. Appreciate y'all. You can catch us at circleupmen.ca if you're interested in the men's circle. We appreciate you for listening. This wouldn't be possible if it weren't for you listening. So till next time, I'm Jonathan Andrews. Don't man up. Circle up.